I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Across this countryside, winding ribbon across the map. In Thunder Bay, I bought you a postcard. In Saskatoon, I bought me a new cap. It is episode three. The trade deadline is approaching, and we are mad at the Ottawa Senators organization. Welcome back to This American Life. I'm Beata. I'm Poppy. And this is the podcast that nobody asked for, but everybody needs. And before we begin the episode, as always, we would like to acknowledge that this podcast is written and recorded on unceded and unsurrendered Algonquin and Mi'kmaq territories. We would like to urge everyone to inform themselves on the land they live on and how to support Indigenous communities. So, well, do you want to start with a SENS update? Yeah. <laughs> so the first thing that we wanted to talk about was just a weird thing, and it's that Cody Cece has been practicing as a forward more than once Weird. and he hasn't played a game as a forward yet but it looks like the Sens are maybe possibly considering the idea of playing him at forward I don't Why? know he might have just been doing that like to fill a spot at practice but it's kind of interesting because it makes us think of like wonder if maybe Cody CC might be better as a forward I don't know mm, I kind of doubt that but you never know maybe he's- honestly Cece sucks at defense. Yeah, that's true. And he used to be good at offense. Maybe, So yeah. maybe if he plays forward, he might end up being better. I don't know. It almost reminds me of Dave Cameron's worst moment as the Senators coach, according to most Sens fans, which is when he played Mark Borbietsky at forward. Mm-hmm. Everyone still remembers that as like the lowest point of his tenure <laughs> as the Sens coach for some reason. But I think that Cody Cece and Mark Borbietsky are like, very different players yeah so this one might work a little better i don't know just thought i would mention that because that's like a weird thing that happens it kind of i guess suggests that maybe the sens realize that things aren't working too well with cody cc and instead of trading him they're trying to they're like trying other things they try so hard not to train her, eh? Like, they're really yeah. dedicated to keeping the boy. <laughs> Local Even, boy. Yeah, oh yeah, but like, still, I mean, they traded Derek Brassard. He was also a local boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to forgive them for that. Even though everyone's <laughs> like, whatever, he's not that good. I don't care. I loved him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it is also possible that they're like trying to maybe show off that he can also be a forward for people who Ooh, are. Cody Cece. 
noted two-way defensemen. Like, who knows? Maybe they're like, <laughs> hello, scouts from other teams. Um, that's possible, but I don't, I don't know. Have you seen how many minutes he plays? He's basically Eric Carlson. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, why would we give him so many minutes if he wasn't amazing? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Love this team. Um, so yeah, the Sens have weirdly had like two really big wins recently. Um, they yeah. destroyed the Anaheim Ducks and then they also beat the Winnipeg Jets 5-2. So basically it's the Hamburglar Run 2.0 and <laughs> we're going to make the playoffs. And then I'm going to be in the press box because Amy Desiel promised that I would be in the press box That's for the good. playoffs. <laughs> um I think it would have been really sad to see them lose against the Ducks. So I'm glad they didn't. <laughs> like, ooh, that to was... be fair, the Sens still are in last place by a pretty wide margin right now. <laughs> I think it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like two points now. They're starting to pull away from the group. I think the Ducks should be pretty embarrassed about that result. That's true, but still, I would have been, I would have been upset because the Ducks are pretty <laughs> bad this season. They are, for sure. And speaking of the Jets game, um, Stone, Duchesne, and Zingle all scored, which I have heard some people call a Melnick hat trick. <laughs> that was really funny. I love that. I really thought yeah. that was really good take. <laughs> it was such a good game. Like, the, the Jets game mm. was really brilliant. Um, Nilsson was great. Nilsson's yes, been doing good. Obviously, like... It was kind of funny because the best players in that game were like Stone, Duchesne, the Zingle, and uh, Nilsson. So everyone who isn't signed. <laughs> Is that good or bad? I can't tell. Is it? Does it make them more or less likely to be traded? I'm pretty sure it's more. I think it makes them more likely to be yeah. traded because then other teams are like, oh, look at these good, good players. And might actually... they're just really desperate to get out of Ottawa. So they're just playing really really well well i mean not even because at least um in terms of like duchene and stone i don't think they'd want to leave ottawa no i feel like dezingle probably maybe possibly would like to go to like a flashy nicer city he seems like the kind of boy yeah but... and honestly i don't blame anyone for wanting to leave ottawa so. no well i mean as much as i love the city of ottawa i think that like it's uh it's a it's a shitty organization to work for <laughs> and that's frustrating i mean if you yeah and we're gonna talk a lot more about that oh, later yeah. in this episode <laughs> i need to stop myself right now <laughs> um so yeah so the the as i said like those four players are all in signed and the sends are really taking their time yeah so the latest update is that duchene apparently hasn't been given a firm deadline for signing a contract, which is funny since there is a very firm deadline approaching for the entire NHL in like, what, 15 days as we're recording this? The yeah. trade deadline is on the 25th. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's not promising. Yeah, that seems really weird. That also just sounds like they're kind of gonna drag this out as they did with Carlson, which is mm -hmm. stressful. It's kind of just been a really weird like situation in which none of us are really sure what's happening yeah um, the stuff that's coming out in the media or like the things that are being said in interviews are very very vague but it doesn't feel good like they're definitely no. not saying oh no we would never trade these guys 
then not doing that. <laughs> yeah, this is basically, I was just thinking about this today, but this is basically like the one year anniversary of this entire franchise going up in flames. To be fair, it's the anniversary of them going up in flames for like the second of five times last season. Yeah. But this was the moment when, you know, the Carlson trades was starting to look like a real possibility. Mm. And it's kind of funny to think of where we are now with similar situations happening with Stone and Duchesne. And instead of freaking out, we're all kind of like, what did we expect? You know, like this yeah. sucks, but well, I think we don't really expect anything but the worst to happen. I think before the Carlson trade, we didn't really think that this front office was going to be so disappointing and mm-hmm. honestly blatantly dumb. Mm-hmm. And now we've kind of like, you know, we've gotten the worst hit. So... It's one of those things where now, like, I don't have any faith in the Senators. Like, I truly do not believe that they have any kind of loyalty or even sense. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those things where you're like, okay, this this might be happening. So, oh boy. Yeah, according to Sportsnet, the Sens are going to start listening to offers on their players this Friday if they Mm. don't sign them. Um, so they said, yeah, 10, 10 days before the deadline is when they would start maybe considering trading them. So get ready for this Friday. Yeah, what I think they're going to do is that they're not going to sign anyone until Friday, then hear out the offers yeah, and see if they can get something good out of it for their weird, freaky rebuild. So, oh, yeah, I oh. mean... They have to hit the cap floor at some point, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Well, they're just going to trade them for picks because they can't afford them. But yeah, I mean, they're going to try not to. As as we know, Eugene, they'll do their best. (laughs) Duchesne apparently is going to talk to the Sens on Monday, Mm -hmm. which is between us recording this podcast and us releasing this podcast. So by the time this comes out, something might have happened. Honestly, I don't really think something will have happened. No. But you never know. Maybe I I'm mean, jinxing it now. Now that I've said it, they're actually going to sign him. I mean, like, my dumbass, you know, hockey dork opinion is that they're not going to sign anyone till Friday. And as I said, hear out the the deals or the, the offers that they get for the players. But, like, who can predict it at this point? Uh-huh. This entire organization has become so unpredictable. The only predictable thing is that whatever they do, they're probably going to fuck it up. <laughs> yep. That that sums up the senators. Yeah, so to talk about something kind of cute, I forgot to mention this in the last episode. This is like coming up becoming a thing where I forget to mention <laughs> the goss in the episodes. Christian Volanen has like a really hot girlfriend, maybe date, I don't know. Uh, when mm-hmm. they had the, like, week off, he was posting a bunch of, like, Instagram stories with her. She's a legit model. Like, she's so beautiful. She's also a brunette, which is an interesting choice for a hockey player. Yeah, they um, usually go for blondes. I know, right? They haven't, like, officially posted anything with together aside from stories, so, you know, we don't know. But they were definitely posting, like, couple pictures. Like, they went They're on a double cute. date. So yeah, who knows? that's right. You thought a podcast run by two women would be talking about hot guys. We're also talking about hot girls, okay? <laughs> She's so beautiful. Like, wow. If she comes to Ottawa, I'm going to steal her from him. She's gorgeous. <laughs> she truly is, like, really, really, like, absurdly beautiful. So mm-hmm. go Christian Volanin. And also, like, he's 
I mean, most guys in the NHL tend to marry pretty young and have like very serious mm-hmm. partners pretty young. Um, he's 23, which is like marrying age already in the NHL because it's ridiculous. And uh, he hasn't ever shown up like with a serious girlfriend. So I stan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I support too. this relationship. I, I ship, ship it. it. <laughs> that was good. And then in other news, Alex Formanton, our sweet, sweet baby, who's a literal mm-hmm. child, has, oh, I guess he's not a child. How old is he? 18, 19? I don't know. I don't know. He's a he's young. Anyway, he he's my age. <laughs> <laughs> he just launched a streetwear brand that is called Tight Apparel. Um, it's it's not great. It's not like you know, good for him. It really is like one of those things where you know I'm sure he has like a little bit of extra cash, and he's putting it into something. I think that's not a bad idea. It's fine. It's kind of odd. It's a lot of... So it's just like a basic streetwear brand. They mostly use the sort of hand doing like the hang a loose sign. And Mm -hmm. then there's just a bunch of sweaters that say tight on them, which is kind of... (laughs) Like, I think think it's all men that do it. So I don't think they've really thought about the fact that if you're a person (laughs) with a vagina walking around with a sweater that says tight is kind of weird <laughs> but you know the teens they're it's cute like, it's kind of cringy but you know it's cute Good it's probably <laughs> really popular at like some high school in rural ontario probably that's what i'm thinking and I, it's the kind of thing that like weird high school kids will get their parents to buy them it's not too expensive i actually looked it up sweaters are like 50 bucks which is pretty normal mm-hmm. for a streetwear brand they don't have any particular thing with ethical manufacturing or anything but that's it's kind of standard unfortunately yeah i mean it's just you know sometimes athletes if they have a little extra money they'll make sure it's made in north america or something but mm-hmm. you know it's fine but the video is pretty funny check it out <laughs> like the promo video is just really cute it looks very high school i think it's cute so it's cute uh what else happened well We're going to talk about this a little bit more later on, or a lot more later on in the podcast, but Mark Borbietsky, Pierre Dorian, and Anders Nilsson, and also rookie the Sens pup, I The most important. All marched in Capital Pride today, which is Sunday. Mm -hmm. That's when we're recording the episode. Yeah, it was really quite nice because I could not remember a time where, at least during the Pride Parade in summer... I, they don't really send players there or players mm-hmm. don't volunteer to go. So it's nice to see them actually do something. They're definitely, I think, Nilsson and the reception he's gotten just through the things that he does and mm-hmm. being vocal about LGBTQ issues. He, um, he, he kind of pushes the narrative forward. So it's really nice to see, you know, even if it's just pandering to the extra press that they've been getting since they've signed Nielsen. It's just nice to see them actually do something. Also, Rookie looked adorable with his little pride flag. I know. And yeah, I was I love him. kind of surprised to see Borbieski doing so much, but good for him. Like, he's been named the Sens uh, ambassador for Hockey is for Everyone month. Yeah. And like, I, it would have been nice if more players had showed up to pride, but honestly, like, this is not bad. Yeah, Cody CC was walking his dogs in the snow. I checked your Instagram story, Cody Cece. I know what you were doing. <laughs> so that's what he was up to while the yeah. others were at Pride. But 
uh, I hate saying this and I was actually talking to a friend about this the other day and they were telling me that like it's kind of almost sad because it feels like anything they do is exciting because we're kind of desperate at this point for anything but you know it was a good step forward I appreciate that and I appreciate I just appreciate that Nelson's on the team and he's really using the position he has to expand kind of projects uh, that deal with the LGBTQ community here in Ottawa so that was nice yeah for sure so the final little update that we have is something that's Honestly, I don't even want to talk about this, but I feel like we have to. I want to talk about it. Our brand, <laughs> because so many people sent this to me. I just like, I feel like we have to mention this on the podcast, which is that the NHL posted and then quickly deleted a very, very inappropriate video of Gritty basically spraying a bunch of reporters with silly string and just like the camera angle and the position of the silly string it did not look good (laughs) so if you've not seen this video i'm going to put this into really plain terms for you it looked like gritty was ejaculating on the reporters it was it was also just really really funny to see the nhl share it and then be like oh no oh no oh no but by the time that had happened, obviously so many people had already downloaded the video and it's still out there for sure. You can still find it if you want to. I, I found multiple versions of this. People oh yeah. Have sent me the original version and then once it got deleted, sent me the next version. <laughs> My favorite version is the one that begins with Gritty facing the camera and his eyes are spinning around and then he turns around and sprays the silly string uh, on the reporters. It's brilliant. It's very good. And it truly, truly is just, you know, the more that we do this and we delve into the mascot smart, the more I feel like the universe just gives us real life mascot smart. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's it's beautiful. I truly do appreciate it. It is. It is so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I'm still not totally sure how I feel about the fact that everyone constantly sends me this stuff and this is like my brand now, but I, I think they should just embrace it because I did bring this on myself. Yeah, I celebrate it. I think it's great. <laughs> it makes my days a lot more fun. Um, mm-hmm. You can send me as much spicy mascot content as you want. Yeah, my dad sent me an article about furries recently. Oh my god, I kn- oh, you shared that with us. That was so funny. <laughs> That's actually so funny. I had to explain to my mother what furries were. Um, <laughs> I had to, I've had, had to, to explain, explain to a, a lot, lot of people yeah. furries are, yeah. Recently... <laughs> People have been asking me a lot and I've had to be like, okay. (laughs) Not to malign the fairy community. I think as long as everybody is safe and happy and healthy, you're doing great, sweetie. But like, it's not something I usually want to discuss over coffee necessarily. No, no, I feel like we should have a disclaimer every once in a while that we're not actually furries. Oh yeah, sorry. Sorry if that's why you're here. (laughs) I'm sure there's so much content online, like please continue to listen to the podcast, um, write a review, and then you can leave. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, So let's move on to writing comments, I guess. Um, uh, Melnick released some wonderful... Well, he released a statement 
Yeah. And which he promised that in... Oh, from 20... 20- I have the statement right here. Oh, wonderful. He said, to a group, like, it was an event at the Hockey Hall of Fame with a group of, like, 200 people, mainly sponsors, mm-hmm. which was kind of a weird place to make this announcement. But the quote was... The Senators will be all in again for a five-year run of unparalleled success, where the team will plan to spend close to the NHL salary cap every year from 2021 to 2025. Yes. Quick dissection here. Number one, I was on the Fifth Liners podcast and Verrata brought this up. The Sens already spend around 91% to the cap so Mm -hmm. technically they're already spending close to the cap technically Eugene could literally spend like five dollars more and be like I'm spending close to the cap Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's not super impressive but also like he keeps saying this and I do not believe him at all because he keeps saying we're going to spend money eventually when the time is right we're gonna spend money you know, when the money is there, we will spend it. What I Why want to on know... Earth would we would we believe that in two years he's going to have the money? Like, my dude, you did not have money for Eric Carlson. You don't have money for Stone and Duchesne, I'm assuming. How are you going to acquire this money in two years? Should we be worried about this? Like, what really... do you think that sales are going to go up or something? Yeah. What really gets to me is that he's saying that this unparalleled success quote-unquote is going to be from 2021 to 2025 right Mm -hmm. we're already in 2019 that's two years away how is he supposed to get to this unparalleled uh, success without spending now on good players yeah and also on like front office executives you know absolutely yeah i don't understand how he's like Oh, we'll start playing when we get. Uh, we'll start spending when we get successful. Yeah. I think you one have year to... we're just gonna spend money, and then that same year, success. Yeah, that's not how that works. I think you have to do a long term, <laughs> sort of planning situation there, and I think you need to ensure that you have good players when you want the success, which means spending money. I don't mm-hmm. understand his logic, but either way, he's clearly just like in desperate need for money from sponsors. More than anything. Eugene's broke. Tell your friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I have a quick uh, side note here. I heard from a friend who used to work at the Hockey Hall of Fame. This is completely irrelevant, but it was really funny and I thought I should share. Mm-hmm. I heard that apparently Brady Kachuk spent the entire evening just playing at the game section. That's so cute. I love him so much. <laughs> I love how he was just like, I don't care about this Melnick speech. I'm just going to go play at the Hockey Hall of Fame. I love him so much. See, he's so much fun. Oh, I want to be his bestie so much. Every single time I hear stories about him, I'm just like, mm, my king, Brady Kachuk. I love you so much. Yeah, but anyways, it's just it's so, so frustrating to have Melnick just keep saying, you know, we're just going to do a normal rebuild. This is perfectly normal. You guys are all overreacting. He clearly thinks that we're all dumb and don't know how hockey works, right? I just... And this is so far beyond what should be expected of a hockey team, you know? Like, what's normal for a hockey team? Mm. It feels like, you know, the fire... Have you seen the Firefest documentary? I have. Okay, you know the guy that's just like, everybody's like, this isn't gonna work. Like, this is impossible. 
And the rich dude who is running it is essentially like, no, it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And like thinks that he can throw money at every problem. Eugene doesn't even have money to throw anymore. But being a rich person, I'm sure he's just like, it's fine. I can get whatever I want, but has no idea of what he's doing. He's way in over his head. And like, I don't know. I feel like if I was a sponsor, this would be a big red flag for me personally yeah for sure i don't know why anyone would be a sponsor of the sims who is like who has been paying any attention to the sims recently and to melnick's comments yeah i don't know i mean please sponsors keep giving them money i guess just because i want the team to consider continue existing but uh and it just it feels like we keep saying there has to be some breaking point you know like at one point he's gonna be forced to sell and i feel like it's just really frustrating again because if we haven't reached that breaking point like what is that breaking point you know i don't know i think eugene has too much pride um Mm -hmm. and i think he's an idiot and he doesn't know how to run a professional sports team but he thinks that he can do it like he's one of those people who just thinks if you keep if you keep doing it you're gonna succeed but that's not really how things pan out if you don't have the skills to do it and you don't listen to anybody else you're not gonna succeed that's not how it works so god knows Mm -hmm. we are feeling the cuts a little bit at least beata is feeling the cuts i'm not an official (laughs) influencer yet yeah well even i'm not really feeling the cuts basically Something that happened, like, I don't, it wasn't really related to Melnick, but Sen's organization in general, is that the Sen's kind of changed the influencer program. Now, like, full disclosure, full disclosure, I have had no contact with the Sen's since I left Ottawa. Like, the last time I talked to a Sen's executive in any capacity was the last game I attended at Mm -hmm. the Canadian Tire Center. This is all stuff that I've heard from my friends. Mm -hmm. Um, But apparently what happened was that a few weeks ago, they just kind of paused the program for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then the Sens aren't very good at communication in general. Mm -hmm. So some of the influencers weren't really sure if they'd be able to go to the next game they were emailing, they weren't sure, they didn't know what was happening, and then eventually the Sens sent an email saying that basically the influencers aren't going to be allowed in the press box at all for the rest of this season, and instead they're going to get tickets in the arena, like probably in the 100 level or in a suite, to sort of experience other aspects of the game. Okay. Which just, like, it seems kind of weird. I know a lot of those people, a lot of the influencers are really happy about that. A lot of people really did enjoy playing like being in the crowd more than they enjoyed being in the press box Mm -hmm. there were also a lot of influencers who really really enjoyed being in the press box and who liked the um you know the working environment and found that really really useful and you know there was like there were networking opportunities and stuff yeah so it's kind of weird and it's just like once again there's just no communication like that's what bothers me a lot because from like the moment that the sends reached out to me in October before the sun the season even started to the last communication I've had with them it has been so frustrating trying to like get a hold of them because yeah the the wording that they use is so vague they don't tell us what's happening none of the influencers 
even knew why we were in the press box in the first place because they'd say like, oh, we want to like reach out to fans and, you know, connect with our fan base. And also we want to give you guys a working environment, even though some of you guys are just Twitter personalities who don't need a working environment. Yeah. And, and also just like either being super, super late to respond to emails or just not responding to them at all. Mm. Like, in order to get into the press box, I basically had to email them and be like, are you offering me a spot in the press box or not? Because this is when I'm going to be in Ottawa. Mm. Um, Have you heard of anyone getting other tickets aside from the press box now that it's been, quote unquote, put on hold? Yeah, I think all the influencers have been doing that. Okay, that's good. Well, at least they're they're getting They are actually doing that. That's good came out that they weren't letting them in the press box anymore it was kind of jarring but it's just it's weird like I don't understand why they're doing it and I don't know like it made sense to have influencers in the press box talking to Sen's executives kind of working with them it gives the impression of like a work relationship yeah more than just saying here are some free tickets well I feel like what would have made way more sense would be to give people the option right so that people Mm -hmm. who are bloggers and who actually write and who actually need connections with the front office could be in a more sort of working environment as they watch the games and Mm -hmm. then people who are like twitter personalities and whose value is really in promoting the games you know Mm -hmm. like with brian 506 it's kind of added to the experience that if you go to the game you might bump into him Mm -hmm. when you're picking up a beer or something right yeah and just giving people the option to choose where they want to be during the game, like what suits their needs and also what suits what they're doing for the senators. I don't know. Mm. It just feels like they kind of were like, okay, this isn't working for everyone, so we're taking it away from everyone mm-hmm. instead of making it a more personalized situation. I can also understand that maybe the press doesn't want just like randos who don't write in the press box. But, I mean, you had a separate press box anyway, right? So Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just, like, really confusing. And, yeah, the thing is that they just weren't clear about what was happening. They said that it was limited space in the press box. But from what I understand, like, there was plenty of space. And they're not expecting that many more scouts around the trade deadline. And especially, like, after the trade deadline, there aren't going to be that many more. Yeah. It's weird. I also, just the um, thing you were talking about before about how difficult it is to contact the front office. Mm -hmm. I've had to deal with that a little bit over the last week. I'm going to talk about that later, but it is really a nightmare. Like, it's an absolute nightmare to figure out who to contact and to get any kind of response. So I really feel for you there. And I think if you were one of the people who, you know, would have had access to the press box or access to the games, that must be even more frustrating. And then getting no response for a while and then getting weird vague responses mm-hmm. oh god that no, very vague in that yeah in their even in like contacts. the five games that i attended there were a few times where we had to wait a long time because they hadn't received our emails so they didn't realize that they were supposed to have a press box a press pass ready for us even though we've already said that we were going to the games Mm. and like the last game that I went to Colin and I had to wait for like an hour outside of the media room for someone to let us into the press box because they just hadn't received our emails even though I think we both sent like multiple emails Mm. confirming that we were going to be at the game and we we thought that we wouldn't be able to be in the press box that game even though there was space for us like it's just it's a mess yeah that does sound really frustrating 
Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Okay. Do you want to talk about something more sexually frustrating? <laughs> that is a weird segue. That was a sure. great segue. I was so <laughs> proud of myself for that segue. I'm. If the listeners can probably tell, I'm trying my hand at segues. I'm not doing great, but I'm trying it. I will get better at it. But I feel like that was a good one. Thank you very much. We were talking about how frustrating the sends are. Sure, sure. (laughs) All right, it's time for the mascot minute. Yes. So this week, content warning, there's no explicitly sexual content necessarily, but there is some kind of sensual content. (laughs) So if you find like this could be upsetting to you, as always, fast forward one minute and then listen to me bitch about other stuff. So. Okay. Sparta Cat felt dizzy with passion. His short encounter with Gritty in the hallway had filled him with a tingling sensation and a desire for more. As the dog squad performed at the mascot's only pool party, a dance far more sensual than the one they had shown the public, Sparta Cat slipped between the other off-duty mascots and stood next to Gritty. He pretended to be watching the dog squad intently, pretended he hadn't even noticed Gritty, but he could feel electricity between them. I knew you would come, Gritty growled. When Sharky had invited Spartacat to the party in the mascot lounge at the All-Stars game, many of the mascots had rolled their eyes. Spartacat had considered just staying in his hotel room and drinking a few malts of Canadians, but his desire to see Gritty had forced him to the party. Now Gritty was moving closer to him, running his fingers down his back and resting his paw on Sparty's left buttock. Spartacat looked over. Gritty had changed into a crop top so that his brilliant, bulging belly button was exposed. Passion flared up in the lion. Bathroom. Now, he whispered in Gritty's ear. Gritty laughed maniacally as he followed him to the door of Sharky's mansion. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. (laughs) (laughs) What you missed from us reading that mascot minute was me taking forever to get through one line. So I had to repeat it over and over and over again. I could not stop laughing. Maybe I'll post the uh, unedited version on Patreon. <laughs> because reminder that if you support us on Patreon for $5 a month, you can have access to extended and additional mascot content. We have written a brand new mascot fanfic for this week it's so good and it also, made me you're cackle. gonna you might get footage of us laughing as we try to get through <laughs> this it's so hard especially if we look at each other like you can't do it i have to <laughs> i always have to click away the skype window so that i, I can't to, like, see cover the it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right um <laughs> so so it's february 10th as we record this which means it is hockey's for everyone month 
theoretically my favorite month of the year, but mostly the most frustrating month of the year. (laughs) The theme of this episode. Yeah. So this year, the Sens have once again done almost nothing. (laughs) They did show up to Capital Pride. That was really cool, as we've mentioned before. And um, that's about it. (laughs) Yeah, it took them a very, very long time to even say anything about Hockey is for Everyone Month. Mm -hmm. I know that some people have contacted them about that, but as we have established, they're not very good at responding to emails, so no answers about that. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing because I know that the Sens were promoting Hockey is for Everyone Month kind of unofficially. Like, the executives kept talking about how excited they were for Hockey is for Everyone Month, Mm -hmm. how much stuff they had planned, how they were trying to actually do something. When I first spoke on the phone with a SENS executive, one of the things she said was, I'd love your help with Hockey is for Everyone Month. Like, I'd love to consult you about this, which I had some issues with them asking me about that when it's a month that's mostly about, like, LGBTQ plus inclusion. But they really sounded excited about it. And... The impression that I got was kind of that there were a few people on the SENS executive that wanted to do stuff for Hockey is for Everyone Month, and they were a very, very small minority, and obviously, like, I didn't hear anything about, specifically about anyone, like, shutting down these kinds of things, but what I heard was that there was a small group of people who were interested in doing more, Mm. and nothing happened, so we can, like, draw from that our own conclusions, I guess. Yeah, and so (laughs) it is quite disappointing. So if we consider, you know, this season, they've done a lot more promotion for special events. For example, Country Night. Country Country Night was was awesome. It was promoted super early. They clearly, like, had it all tied together. Now they are promoting Love is Love Night on February 12th. That's in Mm -hmm. two days. Oh boy, okay, let me tell you guys about... My experience with this event. Coffee is about to spill the tea. (laughs) I am about to spill some piping hot tea. So last week on Sunday, exactly a week ago, so February 3rd, I got a message from a friend of mine who's a local LGBTQ activist and like a fellow student. They're really amazing. And they had been contacted by a local photographer who I'm not going to name because it's unnecessary and I kind of feel for them as well. Anyway, so they'd been pho- they'd been contacted by a photo studio about posing for some photos for the Ottawa Senators. At the time, we weren't entirely sure what this was for. They just said that they had been hired to take pictures of LGBTQ folks for a game that was going to be happening so I was pretty excited it felt like you know they're finally Mm -hmm. doing something it felt a little bit rushed because I was like wow like it's already February you know maybe they should have thought of this just over a week exactly so I was a little bit confused about that but whatever so they contacted me I obviously agreed because it I was thrilled to honestly get the opportunity and I thought it would be fun and the photo shoot was literally two days later on Tuesday from what I've gathered, they were hired. So the photographer was hired by the PR firm that the Sens have hired from Toronto. They hired the photographer in Ottawa and they hired him on Sunday. The shoot was to take place on Tuesday and the game that we were promoting was the following Tuesday. So mm-hmm. really not working with a lot of time here. It was really, really last minute. So I think the day before the shoot, I got an email from the photographer just kind of 
telling me when my time slot was. He kindly scheduled me to do it with two of my friends, which I was pretty happy about. And he then said that the client, quote unquote, had now, after he'd scouted models like last minute, asked for more couples. And so he was like, oh, do you feel comfortable posing as a couple with one of your friends or could you bring a partner? And I was like, mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. at a first, lot of red flags there. Yeah, so at first I wasn't too stressed about it. I'm very comfortable with my friends. I don't have too many issues with personal boundaries with them, but it felt weird to be asked to pose quote unquote as a couple for a campaign. I didn't know what that would entail. And it also just felt weirdly objectifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't what was requested of us initially. Initially, they had just put out a call for LGBTQ plus people. So I told the photographer, I was like, I'm not comfortable with this. I'm comfortable posing with my friends. I'm happy doing group shots. I'm happy doing solo shots. I can do whatever. But I don't want to do couple photos because that is something that I feel uncomfortable with. He was very nice about that. And so I showed up with two of my friends and they, I was there with one non-binary person and one queer woman. And we were told at the beginning, sort of the basics, we signed a release form. I checked the release form. I'm allowed to talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) That's good to know. I read it like three times to make sure. And my friends had said that they were okay with posing as a couple. We kind of laughed about it. We said, you know, we're gay for pay. Um, (laughs) And... So they started out, I believe, and the photographer was like, oh, you know, like, could you kiss her on the cheek? And my friend was like, okay, sure. And so they're posing together. And then after a while, the photographer's like, can you kiss her on the mouth? And my friend was like, no, (laughs) what the hell? Um, Wow. It's just something that was really weird. And the photographer did fine. It felt like he was just really tired. We did this Mm -hmm. at like 6 p.m., Tuesday night and he'd clearly been like shooting quite a few people that day just because it was so last minute and he did mention that there was another couple coming afterwards so Mm -hmm. I'm sure there was a lot of work on his hands that he had to do so in such short notice but it wasn't exactly inspiring or great also probably worth noting that the photographer was I believe straight I know he has a wife so at least he's in a straight relationship and just didn't seem to understand that you can't just put two gay people in a room and be like, kiss! <laughs> mm. um, or that the way to illustrate that you're gay had to be very PDA, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it felt a bit icky, but, you know, the photographer did his best. I This is also, like, partly the reason why I'm not naming him. I think he tried. I don't think it was the greatest experience. And we were promised tickets in return for promoting this game. So the idea was... We do the posing for free, essentially, and we get tickets in return. And he also said he would send back an email to the person who had hired him and be like, oh, these three people know each other, like, try and get them seats together. Yeah, so this is almost a week ago. It's now Sunday night. Um, The game is in two days. I have yet to receive tickets. I messaged a friend on Friday and said, hey, did you receive your tickets? And they were like, nope. So they... Hmm phoned the photographer and then sort of discussed things with the photographer, called around, I believe they spoke to Amy, and nobody could tell us who had organized this photo shoot. Wow. Like, nobody seemed to know who was doing what. 
and it just seems to be a bit of a mess. I also messaged around. I got in touch with some people who I knew had contacts and someone who works for the senators who then also asked around for me and said that they were trying to figure it out and that we would receive the tickets by Monday. But like, I have very little faith in that right now, to be honest. Yeah, um, um, that's not great. <laughs> it's not great. And just to like end up end this monologue, it felt voyeuristic in a weird way. Mm-hmm. It felt um, strange. And also when when they finally released the photos, at least the as much as they have right now, they ended up like having it on the same night as a date night Mm -hmm. and it was all couples like they only released photos of couples and I don't understand why they didn't do a call for queer couples if that's what they were planning on doing all along because there were other queer people there and also you don't have to be in a couple to validate your sexuality or your gender Mm -hmm. identity or anything really so it felt very very straight (laughs) yeah yeah see the thing that the the sens are doing right now is what they're calling love is love night Mm -hmm. which is their hockey is for everyone pride night kind of thing and the thing is i think that if i hadn't heard your story about the photo shoot i would have been really happy with this like this isn't a bad thing, right? Doing your date night and then having extra promotion that's like, hey, it's not just a heterosexual thing, right? But knowing that they put out a call for LGBTQ plus people, took photos of lots of different LGBTQ plus people, some people who were not in relationships, non-binary people, you said there were trans people too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then said actually like they framed it as a pride night as like we're going to represent the lgbtq plus community and then they're only representing one part of it Mm. i don't love that yeah yeah i don't think there's any like so i don't want this to be misconstrued as that i'm offended for single people or something like that (laughs) instead it's an aspect of not validating someone's identity without Mm. a partner having to prove that you're queer yeah. I think when I sent you that tweet, I said, I guess you're not gay enough yeah. <laughs> for the actual posters, right? Like it's, yeah, it's just that idea of like, you're not really gay if you're not in the same gender relationship. Yeah. And, and also um, when they sent out the emails to people promoting that night and they promoted it both as the date night and the love is love night, there were two pictures. There were a pictures of, a picture of a straight couple having dinner together and then a picture <laughs> of a gay couple embracing And it was like, I think I texted you as well. I was like, oh, so the heteros don't have to like snuggle up to prove that they're straight. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's when already having felt kind of uncomfortable in the situation, when I realized just, I don't know, it just made me feel icky. And -hmm. I have talked to my friends about it who did the shoot with me. And the way one of them put it was that it felt exclusively performative and for Mm -hmm. like the consumption of straight people and not nobody had really sort of thought about what queer people want and how we would want to be portrayed but then at the same time there was no direction you know it was literally just like oh be gay it was so (laughs) weird we showed up and we were like okay what do you want us to do and they're just like oh they just want pictures of queer people (laughs) okay (laughs) um so you know we did our bit but it was uh weird (laughs) yeah And it was disappointing for me, to be honest. Like, as a Mm -hmm. queer hockey fan, it was a really disappointing experience because I was excited, even though it was a last-minute project, 
which I'd already felt iffy about, I was excited to participate in it. I was excited to see that the team is reaching mm-hmm. out, but it felt like an afterthought more than anything. It felt like they'd already made their schedule and then they were like, mm-hmm. oh, LOL, it's February. Let's just like make this date night. Love is love night as well. Yeah. And it's frustrating because like, I want to be happy that the Sens are doing this kind of stuff, but mm. I feel like, and I feel this way about the NHL and hockey is for everyone month all the time. It's like, When you don't do very much, the stuff that you don't do when you had the opportunity to do it stands out more than the stuff you actually do because they do so little, right? And you can say, oh, congrats, Sens, they acknowledge that gay people exist, but, you know, they could have done so much more and they didn't and it kind of shows that they didn't. Like, the fact that they took pictures of LGBTQ plus people who are not in relationships with people of the same gender and just like didn't do anything with that yeah it was um a weird experience to say the least it just also i usually would be so on board with them promoting like a non-heteronormative date night the fact that they had like a straight couple and a queer couple in the main promotion that is really cool i feel like that's something that you should be doing year round to be honest but the way that it was done and because it was done so last minute and it was also kind of confusing like when you saw the email it was like come to date night and then there was like the small button that was like buy tickets and Mm -hmm. the date and then underneath it was like come to love is love night and then it wasn't until you like looked at it that you were like oh this is the same night (laughs) like there is no pride night and even then the first poster didn't even say anything about like a love is love night or a hockey is for everyone night. It just said love is love, hockey is for everyone, Tuesday, February 12th. Yeah. Like, it still... well, what do we get from that? Yeah. It just... <laughs> just a general PSA? I don't know. <laughs> and um, yeah, so something that one of my friends had said as well is that this like love is love statement, though I believe to be a genuinely sort of sweet statement, is a very basic statement. So mm-hmm. it's really just like, oh, you know, look at all these people in love aren't they beautiful when they're gay and they hold hands yay instead of acknowledging the community as a whole Mm -hmm. and especially considering that like on the day the shoot also involved non-binary and trans people and people of color but the they were single you know it kind of erases their struggle and their very very Mm -hmm. important stance in the lgbtq community and i don't believe that they're doing anything else with the photos so Mm -hmm. or like they're not gonna have a separate pride night so i don't know it just as i keep saying like it just felt like an afterthought more than anything and it was disappointing it was not a great experience and it kind of feels like we've like we've moved past that you know love is love like you said is a good statement but that's something that they should be doing year round Mm. when it's hockey is for everyone month that's when they have to like really do more than that yeah and it kind of, yeah, with Hockey is for Everyone Month, generally with the NHL, it just kind of feels like that's the month where they do things that they should be doing year-round anyways and don't do anything, like, particularly spectacular yeah. to promote, like, inclusion in hockey. What I'm thinking about is so far they haven't promoted, like, a Hockey for Her Night. Mm-hmm. They haven't promoted any other Hockey's for Everyone events mm-hmm. whatsoever. I know that, yeah, I know that Amy was talking on um, Sen's call-ups about inviting recent immigrants and refugees and having okay. like a my first game thing but again like 
we haven't heard anything about that aside from her mentioning it on Sense Call-Ups, right? Yeah. I remember a while ago I was kind of explaining Hockey is Forever and Month to a friend who doesn't watch hockey. And the thing I said was, well, the main thing the NHL does is that they release this rainbow hockey tape. And <laughs> if the players want, for one game, they can wear it in the warm-up. Yeah. And I was like, really? <laughs> Even saying it, I was like, wow, that's so much that the NHL does, right? Like, yeah. good for them. If you want, you can wear it in the warm-up for one game, and then, like, you know, five players actually use the, yeah. the rainbow tape. Yeah, I'm wondering what I, I, what I would be interested to see is if they do sort of do the same thing as they did here, where they, like, last minute threw something together, like, essentially mm-hmm. threw together an ad campaign. If they might do that with Hockey is for Her, and maybe even, mm-hmm. like, recycle some of the photos from this shoot. That would be really funny. I would <laughs> that cackle. Would. The only thing that I would, that I am like thinking about, I thought of this like as soon as we finished recording the last podcast and we were talking about the like ladies night stuff, mm. is that if they did a ladies night, I would be a little bit wary of like non-binary and trans mm. exclusion because if they wanted to do like some kind of promotion about ladies getting discounts somewhere, like... I would, I can see that becoming very trans exclusive very quickly with like, how do you just identify some that, you know, that somebody is a woman? Are you going to like ask for their ID or something? Or is it just going to be like somebody comes up and asks for the discount and you give it to them? Like it's, I feel like the Sens would would mess this up very badly. And I only want a hockey for her event if they made an effort to be very inclusive of trans people because otherwise I feel like trans people probably wouldn't want to go and trans totally, women are yeah. like a very important part of yeah female hockey fans and like trans women yeah, are like so. not just that but also mm-hmm. in the LGBTQ community historically some of the fiercest fighters and some of the most important mm-hmm. actors in queer liberation mm-hmm. and queer rights um and so and they're still one of the if not the most like trans women of color for example are probably the most marginalized community out there Mm -hmm. um to acknowledge the importance of that they have had on our history especially and on sort of moving along queer rights and acceptance i think that we should really really bear in mind that uh, trans women are really important at these events and queer women have also done a lot for women's rights mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and I also think we need to not forget about non-binary people mm-hmm. so you know maybe even just make it like a hockey for them event have mm-hmm. like non-exclusionary language like that that makes it so easy you know what I mean yeah, for sure but I would like to see if they're going to come up with anything else this month I also feel a little bit like they're kind of riding the wave now that they've noticed that Nielsen got a lot of positive attention and Mm -hmm. press due to his like activism and speaking out for LGBTQ plus people and when his hockey mask was released or like shown Mm -hmm. people responded very positively it kind of feels like they're just they're seeing that and they're like "Ooh, let's ooh last minute market off of that oh, look, we have this fancy guy who likes to talk about queer rights 
mm-hmm. I guess, lol, we forgot about that altogether, let's quickly do something. Um, it shows that players like Nelson are really important because they do push progress and sure. they push teams and sort of like organizations to recognize that there is a huge community out there that, you know, cares about sports and wants to feel safe and welcome as much as everybody else and sort of reminds them that it's a good move to be cool as an organization Mm -hmm. (laughs) um for sure and I think some people especially in hockey because it's such a masculine heteronormative culture that some teams are worried about backlash Mm -hmm. from that kind of stuff and especially individual players as well and that's something that I appreciate with Anders Nilsson that he's kind of like well fuck it you know you're wrong and um when he does it and it gets so much positive attention it pushes other teammates forward you know Mm -hmm. and maybe taking a stronger stance so again forever nelson is my king (laughs) (laughs) but i'm just gonna refresh my emails and it is sunday night at 9 15 and i haven't received my tickets (laughs) so good job sans thanks a lot sans and i mean the people who the people who I know who I did this with and who I contacted when I didn't get my tickets yet are pretty resourceful and we all kind of managed to find ways to contact different people in the organization mm-hmm. I'm assuming that not everyone who took part in the sh- in the shoot had those kind of resources mm-hmm. um at all contacts and I don't want to have like everyone get fucked over to be honest, payers. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> More than anything, just freaking payers. Like, give us what you promised. So, it's yeah, frustrating. We'll, we'll see how Love is Love Night goes. This yeah. is probably going to come out like right before that or right after it. So, it's coming out the same day. I will be there. I will tweet. Um, <laughs> and I'll keep you guys updated and we'll talk about it on the next episode. But yeah, that's just kind of my two cents and how that went there's not really anything i can think of to add except that it was a pretty icky experience yeah and maybe they should get some more actual queer people involved in the planning of these events and then they wouldn't make us all feel uncomfortable yeah that's a a concern that i've had with the sense about hockey is for everyone because they've talked about doing more but i still get the impression that the people organizing this stuff are very white and straight and cis Mm. And that they're not really consulting marginalized people about yeah. that. Like what I said about them suggesting that I could help them out with Hockey is for Everyone Month. And I was kind of like, well, I can point you to people who would know what to do, you know? Like, mm. <laughs> you shouldn't be asking me about this kind of stuff. So, I mean, you are a woman and you're involved mm. in sports. So I think that, like, obviously you have your place, but also. Yeah. That definitely they should have, especially in this case, consulted someone from the LGBTQ plus community because the way they handled it felt very objectifying. So once again, this is Poppy's bid to become an influencer. Yeah, like they, they should God, have asked you. Yeah. They should have. I, I would kill for the opportunity, and I'm sure there are people out there who are more gay than me and more (laughs) smart than me and cool than me who would also love this opportunity like give queer people and people of color and you know people who don't fit the traditional hockey narrative some space and consultants 
everybody's happy to answer questions just literally google actually that's one thing yeah <laughs> to end this off on the lift ride home i was talking to my friend and we were both sort of frazzled from the experience and they just looked at me and they were like how did they not just google how to deal with this situation <laughs> like how did they not just make yeah. a plan and google how to respectfully handle the situation yeah there's no excuse honestly in this day and age like the information is there mm. and if you don't know how to deal with these kinds of things like that's kind of your own fault yeah yeah and as i said like you could have always just reached out and asked questions there's people who would be more than happy to help to make sure that everybody's treated fairly and feels safe so mm -hmm. oh well if you see my face somewhere you know how it happened <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the person looking really uncomfortable in front of the camera. I told Poppy when she told me that she was getting tickets that they'd probably give her and her friends a suite so that they could put them on TV. <laughs> Look at the like, gays. Now, the gays. <laughs> I mean, we take it. I take any ticket at this point. Give me they a bloody ticket. You know what? The digital press box is open. <laughs> There's nobody there. They really? could turn it into the gay press box. Do it. Do no straights allowed. There we go. Um, so big rig energy for this week. I just saw that we forgot to award it to anyone. <laughs> I feel like giving it to Nilsson, but we already gave it to him. I want to give it to Rookie. Yes. yes. Rookie is a true ally. Rookie has never <laughs> harmed anyone. Rookie looked cute as heck with his little pride flag. Rookie went out today and he marched in the parade. So I want to give Big Rig Energy of the Week he is to Rookie. walking the walk. He is! He's walking the walk and he's woofing the woof. <laughs> that was so funny. I'm so funny. <laughs> All right. So okay. on that note, thank you for listening to this Amalnikum Life. You can find us on Twitter. I am at CoolCatMum. And I am at C-B-E-A-T-A-E. That's C-B-E-A-T-A-E. Or you can email us at thisamalnikumlife at gmail.com. The music this week is All Roads by Graven, who, by the way, I know who sends Twitter. Um, <laughs> you can find links to his music in the show notes. And on Saturday, March 9th, he will be playing a show with a full band, Buddy White, who I love, and Welcome the Ghosts at Irene's Pub. So be there or be square. I will be there. And our artwork is by Lena Nove and Angus Fitzgerald Clark. For bonus content, please find us at patreon.com slash thisamelnikinlife. You can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and hopefully rate us and review us on iTunes. Please do that. It really helps people find the podcast. So that would be great. All right. Bye. Bye. Came on strong in the early days.